Good afternoon, everyone. Merry Christmas. If you're able, if you'll rise with us, we're going to do some songs of the season. We're going to start by declaring, come all ye faithful. Let us worship our King. Christ, my highest and adored, Christ, 
Merry Christmas, everybody. So good to see you all here tonight. It's a very special time of year uh, where we, in a particular way, celebrate the coming of Christ into our world. It's a uh, profoundly spiritual and insightful, meaningful uh, season. And it's just good to get together with other people, other followers of Jesus and others to just uh, together celebrate the coming of Christ into this world. So I'm really glad that you're here for the Woodland Hills Church Christmas Eve service. Uh, We're going to go in a little different direction tonight. Uh, Jesus is, of course, the reason for the season, and he's he's what it's all about. But we're going to get at that center by means of thinking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. I believe that some of the best ways to draw out the deepest aspects of the meaning of Christmas is to go at it, look at it, reflect on it from the angle of Mary. So we're going to kind of take a Mary angle on Christmas. In fact, we've, for the first time in our history, entitled this service, uh, Mary Did You Know? For reasons that I hope they'll become clear a little bit later on. And that will involve some reflective music. It will involve a little bit of teaching around some scripture readings. We're even going to see a few movie clips. And of course, we're going to sprinkle in throughout all of this uh, traditional Christmas carols. So you may be seated, and uh, we'll start by just having uh, Ruth focus our attention by singing a song that's called Mary's Song. That song just captures so beautifully the sense of aloneness that Mary must have felt. Saying yes to the Lord through Gabriel would mean becoming pregnant out of wedlock, which would mean carrying a stigma the rest of your life. And the only one she had to go to was God. So she prays for strength. But when the angel was announcing all this to Mary, he mentioned something else. He mentioned that it's kind of as a confirmation to uh, strengthen Mary's faith. He mentioned that her older cousin, Elizabeth, even though she was well past childbearing years, she had become pregnant. In fact, she was carrying in her womb John the Baptist. And so right after the Annunciation... When Gabriel tells her what God's plan is, and right after, Mary submits to it and says, Let it be unto me according to your word, for I am your servant, I am your slave. Right after that, we read this in Scripture. It comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39. Mary is going to go to Elizabeth, the one person on the planet who maybe will believe her. At that time, it says, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, 
The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. There's two clips we're going to watch tonight. Uh, Both are from a movie called The Nativity. This first scene uh, starts with Mary coming back from uh, Elizabeth's house. She's been there for several months and uh, she's been carrying the baby Jesus in her womb for those several months. And so we pick it up at this point. Joseph. Joseph. An angel told you this, that you would bear the son of God, Mary. Elizabeth had a baby, even in her old age. Elizabeth has a husband. Deathfulness. They could stone you in the street. Do you understand? You should have stayed with Elizabeth. Father. Father. I have broken no vow. Oh, you have broken every vow, Mary. Was it one of her soldiers? Was it? I have told the truth. Whether you believe is your choice, not mine. But what of Joseph? He's a good man, Mary. <laughs> 
But this, this is too... Let me speak. Please, let me speak. Do you know? Do you know the reason I chose you, Mary? I believed you were a woman of great virtue. I have lived my life seeking honor. Honor. Mary, so how am I to answer this? If I claim this child is mine, I will be lying. I will have broken a law laid down by God. I would never ask you to lie. If I say this child is not mine, they will ask what I want to do. And if I accuse you, There is a will for this child, greater than my fear of what they may do. I will make no accusation. Without that, there can be no trial. You have shown great mercy, Joseph. For that I will be thankful. Had Joseph accused Mary, the result likely would have been stoning. That was the punishment for having sex out of wedlock in those days, for women at least. By not accusing her, he leaves open the question that maybe this is his child. And so... That's why the scripture says that Joseph, being righteous, was not going to make an accusation against her. And therefore, there could be no trial. But in the course of doing that, he would tarnish his own reputation. The cost for saying yes for Mary was, was great. The danger was great. Yet the Lord chose, of all the people he could have chosen on the planet, chose an unwed virgin 13-year-old. She would have been roughly 13 years old the time that she was pledged and married to Joseph, chose to use Mary. Because God is a God who chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. And he shows forth his greatness in humility and lowliness. And so he comes to Mary. And Mary says, Let it be unto me even according to your word, for I am your servant, I am your slave. It may have been the first independent choice she's ever made. Young Jewish girls in the first century didn't have a whole lot of options and didn't make a whole lot of independent choices. Most of their choices, including who they would marry, were made for them. But here Mary is faced with a question, and she says, let it be unto me. Her attitude then and throughout this would have had to have been 
as it was reflected in this film, there is a will for this child that is greater than any fear of what they may do to me. And I choose that will. And I wonder, Mary, when you said yes, did you count the cost? When you said yes, did you, did you know what you would do if Joseph didn't believe you, as was likely? Did you know what you would do when your family and when your friends disowned you as they most certainly would? Mary, when you said yes, did you have any idea how you were going to make ends meet? How are you going to raise this child as a single mother when in the first century employment options are very, very limited? Mary, when you said yes, did you know how are you going to raise this child who the angel told you was destined to become a king and you're a peasant and don't know a thing about royalty? Mary, when you said yes, did you know how you'd handle the intense loneliness of a rejected, judged life? Did you have any idea how you'd handle the silent judging stares of former friends now become enemies the rest of your life? Did you know how you'd handle the utter solitude you were going to be living with? And Mary, when you said yes, did you know how you'd handle the loss of all your hopes and all your dreams and all your aspirations for living anything like a decent, normal life? Mary, did you know? Mary didn't know a lot of things. There was a lot of unanswered questions, but she did know that saying yes would cost her a great deal. And yet, despite the cost, despite undoubtedly the fears, and despite all the unanswered questions, Mary's attitude was, God's will is greater than any fear of what following him may cost me. And that, for all who want to be followers of Jesus, has got to be our attitude as well. On this, Mary is as good a model as we could ever possibly hope for. While it's normal for people of the world to cling to their security and cling to their accumulated wealth and cling to their reputations, we who follow Jesus, like Mary, are called to accept that doing God's will of as far, is of far greater importance than any fear we might have of losing our security or losing our wealth or losing our reputation. And while it's normal for ordinary people to cling to recognition and status and having as much of the good life here and now as you can possibly acquire, we who follow Jesus are called to, like Mary, Except that doing God's will is greater than any fear of a life that maybe looks insignificant from the outside and maybe is full of inconveniences. Mary didn't know all that she was getting into, but she did know she was getting into a mess. And nevertheless, she said, let your will be done regardless of the cost. Will we, will we do the same? On Christmas but even more importantly, throughout the year. Will we be a people who say, let your will be unto, done unto me according to your word, regardless of the cost, regardless of the price, regardless of the pain, regardless of the inconveniences, regardless of what I might have to go through, even if it means I, like Mary, am standing alone, or at least feel like I'm standing alone against the world, let it be unto me according to your will. 
this point, we're going to continue to worship God. I'd like to call the ushers forward. We'll take up an offering and uh, reflect on the Lord uh, some more through some of the traditional Christmas carols. Fathers, we take up this offering. We do it acknowledging that everything we have comes from you. We work for it, but you're the one who empowers us to work for it. And God, every good gift comes from you. Lead us and guide us on how we steward our resources and our life, our time, and our talents according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Let us sing together, Angels We Have Heard on High. Joseph was warned by God in a dream that he was not to put Mary away, but in fact she was telling the truth. And right about that time, a call went out for a census to be taken, which is how Mary and Joseph would end up going 
to Bethlehem. And so we pick up the story in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Let's watch this clip from the Nativity. Joseph, the child is pressing. The child? Now? Now. Yes. We're very close. Bethlehem. We're here. We will find a place. I promise. God be with you. Is there a place for my wife and me to stay? I'm sorry. There is no room here. Is there a place for us? My wife, she's in pain. Is there a place for us? No. Open the door! Go away! Help! Please, Lord. Will you not provide for us? Is there someone? Help us! Joseph! Joseph! Mary! Mary! I have not your home, but any place you have. It's all I can do.
the story is this serenity, it's, it's loneliness, solitude, it's inconspicuous, it's humble. Very few people know about it. There's those strange astrologers from the east and a couple of shepherds. That's about it. But that's the beauty and the power of this story. That's how God does things. Chooses the lowly, chooses the humble, chooses the inconspicuous. If you're not looking for him, you just might miss him. God didn't make it easy for Mary and Joseph. Saying yes to God rarely makes things easier. She has to travel with Joseph over 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And that's not the easiest terrain in the world either. And she's eight, nine, eight to nine months pregnant when she's doing that. She goes into labor And there's no guest rooms available anywhere in Bethlehem, or at least none that they could find in the limited time they have. And so Jesus ends up being born in a stable. A stable is the place where they would park their animals. An overcrowded, animal-filled, smelly stable. That is the place where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords chooses to be born. You couldn't have a more humble vessel than Mary, and you couldn't have a more humble circumstance than the stable. And that is just like God. The God who humbled himself to become a human being in the form of this vulnerable little baby. And I wonder, as Mary is holding that newborn baby, Mary, did you know 
Mary, did you know that that baby that you just birthed in a stable came down from the throne of heaven? Mary, did you know that that baby who rests in your arms is the almighty creator who holds the entire universe in the palm of his hands? Did you know, Mary, that that baby who sleeps so helplessly and so vulnerable in your arms is actually the almighty creator of heaven and earth who holds every molecule in existence at every moment? Mary, did you know that that baby that you're holding who can't talk and can't walk right now will someday give speech to the speechless and will heal the lame? Did you know that that baby will walk on water and will heal the sick. That that little baby of yours will before long be loving the unlovable and freeing the oppressed and giving hope to the hopeless and giving life to the dead. And Mary, did you know that this precious, precious gift that's been given to you will before very long be given up and sacrificed for all of humanity? Mary, did you know that this baby who just gave you significant pain in childbirth will before long take upon himself all the pain of the world? Did you have any idea that this baby that you had to save from Herod would quite soon give his life to save Herod and to save you and to save the entire human race? Did you know, Mary, that when you delivered this child that this child would before long die to deliver you and to deliver all of humanity? Did you know that this child that you have to protect from evil would before very long voluntarily submit himself to the source of all evil in order to free humanity and all of creation from evil? And Mary, I just wonder, as you're holding this precious child, looking into his eyes, when you place him in a manger... Did you realize then that he was destined to someday sit on a throne over all nations? Did you know that when you brought forth this child, you're bringing forth the one who would eventually bring forth the kingdom of God into this world and establish God's rule on earth as it is in heaven? And did you know that this baby who now shares your extreme poverty would before long give his life so that God would share his extreme riches with all of humanity. And did you know that the baby that you now listen to as he cries has come into this world to eventually wipe away every tear from every eye and from every person who cries? Did you know this baby who was born on this holy night was born and would eventually die to make you and the entire world holy? Mary, did you know that when This child was born on this silent night, this serene night, this quiet night. He was born so that someday he would cause all of God's creation to break forth in jubilant, victorious, loud celebration. And finally, Mary, as as you look at this child looking up at you with those baby eyes that adore you, did you realize then that before long it would be the other way around? And that you were created, Mary, to look up with adoring eyes at him. And we were all created to look up with adoring eyes at him. Because whether Mary knew it or not, 
This child was not just an ordinary human child, not by any stretch of the imagination. This child was none other than the Son of God. He was the Lamb of God. He was the perfect revelation of God. He was the embodiment of God, the incarnation of God. This little child, his name is Jesus because Jesus means uh, Jehovah saves. And he's called Emmanuel because he is God with us. This little child who is being held in the arms of Mary is none other than the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings and the God of all gods. This little child that Mary holds in her arms is none other than the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the great I Am. He's the sovereign Jehovah, the ruler of all creation. He's the creator of all, the maker of all, and the savior of all. This little child that Mary is looking on with adoring eyes is none other than the lover of our soul and the liberator of our lives. He's our comforter and also our confronter. He's our redeemer and our restorer. He's our holy helper and our heavenly helper. He's none other than the all good God and the God of all that is good. That is who Mary holds in her arms on that first Christmas morning. Mary, did you know that? Maybe you did some of it, maybe you didn't, but one thing I'm sure of is that you know it now. And we're called to know it now. And that changes everything. Jesus is not some cute, quaint, pretty little figure that we think about once a year. Rather, he is God incarnate, come into this world to restore a relationship between us and him. And so the only appropriate response is the one that Mary herself gave. Whatever her understanding of who Jesus was, her heart towards God was, it doesn't matter really what happens to me, doing your will is what, what is important. And part of that will is for us, like Mary, to bow down and surrender our lives and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, Savior, and Maker of all. His name is Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray that that reality would be burned into our hearts and minds this night, right here, right now. And that any part of our lives that aren't surrendered would be surrendered right here and right now. For you are Lord, you are God. Come into this world as a human being to eventually die in this world to restore us back to yourself. Open our eyes that we may see in Jesus' name. Amen. Close with two Christmas carols.
Let us sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let us rejoice this evening. for the camera issues we thought we had that fixed and then it kind of went glitzy on us so there you go but fortunately most of us know those uh, lyrics i like to close this way some of you hold ki- are holding kids so you can't do this but if you have hands that are free would you reach out and grab the hand of the person to your right whether you know them or not what differences make it's christmas time and uh make sure you include people who are sitting and, or who can't be standing we want to include everybody and just uh, as i pray this prayer apply it to the person to your right and to your left because christmas is about giving and you're giving them the gift of a prayer So just pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this person on our right and the person on our left. We may know them, we maybe don't know them. It doesn't matter, you know them. And God, we just pray that that the joy that we just sang about would be in their life. We pray, Lord God, that you'd be working wherever they're at in a relationship with you, that you'd be working to create in them a merry heart, uh, a submitted heart, a heart that wants to do your will. Lord God, we pray that your peace and your joy would surround them this holiday season. And Lord God, be growing in them a heart that is a portal through which you can move into this world to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. As we go out of this place, Lord, help us to look into the eyes of our loved ones, to not take anyone for granted because they might not be here tomorrow. Help us to live life awake, to be pouring ourselves out in service to others, to be living the way, God, that you want us to live as modeled by Jesus Christ and in many respects as modeled by Mary. Thank you, Lord God, for your servant Mary. But Far more importantly, Lord, we thank you for becoming a man and dying for us on Calvary, that we can look forward to an eternity spent dancing in the ecstasy of your joy. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Go out and build the kingdom.